And we are live. This is, this is, this is, this is Canada Hoops Daily presents the Wrap It Up podcast, the live and interactive Toronto Raptors postgame show. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Happy to be with you on a Sunday afternoon, especially Sunday afternoons, Sunday evenings like this, where we get to talk about Raptors blowout victories. Yes, your Toronto Raptors win 142 to 113. I'm going to say that again. 142 to 113 over the Detroit Pistons. 142 to 113 doesn't even sound like a real score, but it was very real as your Toronto Raptors put in work. Thank you all for tuning in to this The Wrap It Up podcast. As always, brought to you by Canada Hoops Daily. Really appreciate the crew at Canada Hoops Daily for bringing us through and back once again on this podcast to bring you, Raptors fans, everything that you need and want every single game about your squad. A massive, massive dub. You might be wondering, what is Canada Hoops Daily? Well, if you're brand new, first off, we're like 12 games into the season. Where have you been? But secondly, Canada Hoops Daily, everything basketball from a Canadian perspective. That's news, features, opinions, and more. Your daily Canadian hoops source. Canada Hoops Daily, our full court coverage of the Toronto Raptors, Canadian NBA stars, and Canada basketball. The first project from this entity is this, the Wrap It Up podcast, back again for the very first time. People might remember me from way, way back. We brought the show back. We are here to celebrate the Raptors' victory. You know what? Off the front end, I'm also going to make a special announcement. We know the Raptors won big. 142-113. We know that. We know that, right? There's something else going on that I want to be able to share with you as well. Huge shouts here. Is this going to work here? Let me see here. Let me see here. Hitting buttons all over the place. Yes. If you are watching this live right now, special announcement. Wrap it up. Watch party. We are doing a watch party, kids. If you're in the Toronto area, come hang out with us at the Annex Social in Toronto and watch your Toronto Raptors host Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and the Phoenix Suns. We're doing this Wednesday, November 29th. Again, at the Annex Social, that's 1078 Bathurst Street in Toronto. Come hang out. Great hoops, great music, and best of all, great vibes, kids. We'll have some giveaways. We'll have some prizes. We'll have a live DJ that'll be playing music in and out of the commercial breaks of the game. Overall, just a good hang. Come out, cheer on the raps with your crew, and just know, This is the Wrap It Up Podcast. We're building the community here, kids. This is what we're doing. Great vibes, great music, great hoops. That's what we want to do. To reserve your spot, what you got to do is go to Instagram, follow Canada Hoops Daily, like the post, and then send us a DM with your request. We got you covered. Come out and watch some hoops with us. Big boy game against the Suns, as I like to say. And let's have some fun. We will be doing that more info as we lead up to that again that date is november 29th if you want more info you know me follow me on socials i will give you more information as well but yes canada hoops daily we are doing it big kids watch party watch party watch party tell your friends what a watch party it was today though a huge watch party 
if you enjoyed the Toronto Raptors game on television today. Because, you know, it's a Sunday, and normally Sundays are reserved for the NFL, but if the Raptors are playing, the Raptors get top billing, because that's what we do here. And the Raptors lived up to said hype with a massive victory. Like, this is just a straight whooping, right? Seven players in double digits for the Raptors, 142 to 113. Pascal Siakam leading the way with 23 points, seven rebounds, six assists. Your man Scotty B doing his thing. 17, 7, and 9. Yak, his normal double-double. Just so much going on for the Raps in a great game. They tie the franchise record. Or did they end up breaking that? The record was 40. If I go to the end of the game here, yeah, they end up passing that. 44 assists. New franchise record for assists. The Raptors just, from the get-go, you needed a game like this. You had some tough games early on where, you know, you also played some really good teams. Right, a bunch of matchups against Milwaukee and you know the Celtics and the Sixers, those are the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And the NBA, things are going to even out. You're going to the schedule is going to come back around in your favor, and you got to take advantage against teams like this. And boy, did the Raptors take advantage of a Detroit Pistons team that wow, I don't even know what they're doing. What a weird, weird squad! And they had like First off, they're not that good to begin with, but then they have injuries and they're just messing with Jay Nivey in his second year. Cade Cunningham's back, but Cade's kind of alone. They got like Isaiah Stewart and Wiseman and Bagley and all these dudes that are the same, but they're all like high potential guys. They brought in Monty Williams to try to like, you know, rejuvenate, maybe get some of these young bucks along. And it is not working as of yet, as they have now lost 11 in a row. And I mean, th- this was a brutal performance. You watching this team today, and they just look out of it, completely out of it. And the reality is, if you're the Detroit Pistons, you have pieces there. Can Monty figure that out? I don't know. But who did figure it out? The Toronto Raptors. So we're going to do the same thing we normally do on this pod. I'll go through the game quickly while that's happening. Feel free to send us your comments and questions wherever you happen to be watching this pod. And another reminder, two places to watch this podcast live. Always going to be Canada Hoops Daily on YouTube and Can Hoops Daily on Twitter. That's where you'll get this podcast live. I probably didn't mention that watch party. You know, we're watching the game. I'll do the pod live from there after the game that's also part of the night but the the main event is coming out and watching the game hanging out building the community you know that's what we're really doing here so lots going on but if we stick to what happened today the big news heading into this game og ananobi back in the lineup uh shouts to the homie nikki ray is reporting og had five stitches on his finger after he missed three games from doing household chores he cut his finger. That was the thing that happened. Five stitches, OG's back. That's perfect because the Raptors need OG, especially after getting blown out in a couple games in a row there. And you would have liked to have OG maybe to try to slow down Dame, maybe to try to slow down Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, but it's okay. He's back for the Pistons game and back just in time because the Raptors needed to get this win because they got a busy week ahead of them. More on that later. OG back in the starting lineup, Raptors lineup looking the same in terms of Dennis, Scotty B, Jacoperto, and Pascal Siakam. And 
Jakob Pertl, I feel like if there's a way, and I'm being facetious here because there's obviously a way, Jakob Pertl, like first quarter points, should always be a thing. If you follow the Raptors, if you happen to dabble in the sprinkling, I'll say, Jakob Pertl, it always seems to be a thing with the Raptors where they run their offense, they make a point to get the pick and roll going and get Jakob going downhill to the basket he's able to pull it off. It seems to happen all the time to start the the game off for the Raptors. And it got them off to a really good start. Jakob and Dennis Schroeder, it's been a a hot topic because Schroeder's been talking about how he's been watching film and he wants to really, you know, do a better job of what he's doing on the pick and roll with Jakob. Whether that is him getting downhill, whether that's finding Jakob in the right space, you know, it's just such a weapon that will always be a go-to for good basketball teams in the NBA, right? And even if, you know, I like to use examples that Raptors fans especially might remember, but what was the most unstoppable thing for the Raptors when they were really, really good, you really, really needed a bucket, that Kyle and Serge pick and roll was almost unstoppable, right? It just goes to show that when you have a solid play like that, you have a solid big that's able to make plays on the move, and you have a point guard that can either finish or find that cutting big man, that is a play that you want to be able to emphasize and go to when you need a bucket. And Schroeder's been doing a really good job as of late figuring that out, especially to start off the games, which we know has been something the Raptors have been wanting to focus on a lot, right? The starts to games. They got off to a great start in this one. And also getting off to a good start was OG knocking down a three early, hit a little mid-range Jimmy early as well, which is good to see him. I mean, those were the only two shots he hit in the game, if I'm not mistaken. I think he didn't fare too well. Two for 11 in his return, one of six from three. But, you know, maybe that's why it's good to get him into a game like this in his first game back, because you might not really need him. You know, three games off in the middle of the, or to start the NBA season, when you're really just starting to get into things anyways, It's kind of tough to then, you know, downshift, miss a couple games, and then all of a sudden, boom, jump right back in. So the Pistons provided that opportunity for OG to ease back in, right? So hit two shots early, did his normal OG stuff where you're getting a couple steals. He's going to play good defense for you. But overall, you know, just good to see him back out there. And also, another big part is, putting a bunch of players back into their like rightful positions, right? Because obviously OG back in the starting lineup means Gary Trent Jr. is going back to your bench, which is shoring up your bench unit. Either way, Raptors started six of seven from the floor. Schroeder had five points, three assists early, super early timeout for the Pistons. I mean, they made a little bit of a run on the other end of that first timeout. But it didn't really matter. This game was over from Jump Street as Schroeder just had it going early. He was hitting jumpers. He was getting layups. He was finding Yak at the rim. It was just an all-out great performance from Dennis Schroeder to start this game. And that's what you need from your starting point guard, your floor general. Set the tone early. We're not here to play around with the Pistons. They're on a terrible losing streak. And if they had a glimmer of hope, of thinking that that streak would end in Toronto, nah, wasn't going to happen. One thing I found interesting early was Darko and the bench minutes and the way that this was deployed. And, And the interesting part is obviously OG's back, right? And obviously Precious was back 
already last game. You got Gary Trent Jr. back. And now you're trying to find again what that rotation might be long term. We talked a lot about seeing full-on bench units or seeing Scotty B just with the bench alone. And in this game, especially early on, you notice that there were multiple starters on the floor. You didn't really have early on in this game when the game was still being decided. You didn't really have long stretches with just one starter on the floor. I thought that was big. Malachi and Flynn came in with Gary Trent Jr., but still on the floor was Yak, Dennis, and Pascal Siakam. And I think, you know, especially with that Dennis Schroeder, Jakob Pertl chemistry that they've starting to build on a more consistent basis, it's good to have that extended run to start the game. And it got the Raptors out to a really good start. Also, Malachi playing some minutes with Dennis Schroeder also is an interesting look. You know, it might ease some pressure off of Malachi and where he doesn't have to like run the show. You know, he might be able to get in the corner and get an open three look just from the way the Raptors are moving the ball. You get the ball in the post. We know Yak can move the ball. And if he's moving the ball and he can find Malachi in the corner, Malachi's a pretty solid shooter especially if you have him in more catch-and-shoot situations. Could be some opportunity for him to earn some more minutes. So early on, Scotty B comes back in, still with the bench unit. You know, he was still in with Siakam, and that's what I'm talking about. Not like seeing good minutes where you're seeing those two guys on the floor together with the bench. It helps out your bench unit. There's not so much pressure on Precious or Malachi or Gary Trent Jr. because you got some other starters out there at the same time. If there's only one of those guys on, you know, there's like more pressure on Gary. Like, okay, I got to go. I got to dribble, dribble, dribble. But if you have your starters who it's already been ingrained in them because they're playing with other high level guys that you have to move the ball. And if you move the ball, you might get the ball back. So either way, early on, and and it's Detroit and it's a blowout and there's only certain things, you know, I'm going to try to look at like the little details that might be a little too inside Because at the same time, you don't want to take, there's not that much you can take from this blowout win against the Pistons, right? But it's it's Darko trying things and having the opportunity to try things because you're playing the Pistons. Nothing wrong with that, right? Um, The other part is when Boucher comes in for Siakam, now you have Scotty in the bench. It looks a little different, especially with Gary Trent Jr. out there. And at this point, it's only like a minute and 20 left in that first quarter. So it's not a huge extended run with just Scotty in the bench. But Raps is mentioned, had it cooking. Scotty to Precious, Precious hitting threes, which obviously, you know, Raps, that's a good sign that the Raps want to see for sure. They had a huge run to c- close that first quarter. And this was just, you know, the game was really over here, for being honest, right? Raps closed on a 12-2 run at the end of the first quarter, led by 12 shot 52% from the floor, 12 assists in the first quarter, which was the most in a quarter this season. Um, I mean, that might've changed later on in the game, but I say that to emphasize how important the start was just to stomp out the Pistons and, and kill their hope, any hope that they had. They continued the hot start in the second quarter. Scotty was hitting threes, precious hitting threes. Raptors were up by as much as 21 in that second quarter, 23 to six run from the Raps at one point. And, you know, the Pistons tried to make a little bit of a push because Cade is just that good and he's going to try. But there's only so much Cade could do, right? Like, I mean, 
I don't want to say this because you want to see, you know, more good teams in the NBA, you know, like especially these markets that might not be able to get free agents or get stars or whatever. But I'm watching that team feeling bad for Kate because he looks so good, but the ask is so much because of where the rest of their team is. Um, but yeah, either way, back to the wraps. Scotty Barnes knocking down threes and he's hitting wide open threes because the defense from the Pistons is not good at all. And Scotty Barnes was able to take advantage of that and hit these open threes. And you got to be able to knock down those shots. And he did that in this game, which was really dope. Raptors, the assists numbers, as mentioned, were crazy, right? They had, what, 22 assists on their first 26 made field goals. You're putting up numbers like that. That's just showing an unselfish nature. That's just showing team building and chemistry and like in a game where it'd be so easy for someone to come out and think, all right, this is my turn to get 40 because the Pistons aren't good. It was good to see the Raptors go the other way and have everyone pass the ball and share the ball. Scotty Barnes at the half had 15 points, three of three from three point land, five assists, three rebounds, and the Raptors led 69 to 45 at the half massive third quarter i mean again the game is already over but i think the big thing to mention there pascal siakam finally ended his 0 for 17 streak from three <laughs> he finally hit a three and he's pointing to the to the heavens he's so happy he finally hit a three and he took over and i mean the game was already over but pascal in that third quarter at 15 points started six of seven from uh, the field in that third quarter Raptors were up one, one Oh four to 72 after three, this game was over shouts to Chris Boucher. The fourth quarter was basically just let Boucher cook as you put Chris Boucher already has the green light in his mind to take any shot. No shots, a bad shot. If you're Chris Boucher, you put him in a blowout in the fourth quarter those shots are going up. <laughs> Chris Boucher, 18 minutes. Chris Boucher had, okay. In 18 minutes, Chris Boucher had 14 points, six rebounds. <laughs> it was three of four from three, five of seven overall from the floor and, and a block and a steal and an assist. Just cause again, Chris Boucher, just energy, <laughs> that green light. Like, is there something bigger than an ultimate green light? Like, I don't even know what you call it. Cause normal Chris Boucher shots are going up Chris Boucher in a blowout game in the fourth quarter. Woo. He's just giving the ultimate ISO every time Raptors win Raptors win Raptors win big 142 to 113 over the Detroit Pistons. Again, a big night for the Raptors as they put up records all over the place in terms of sharing the ball in terms of points uh, franchise record in points for the Toronto Raptors, just a massive, massive game for them. And I think something that was needed for the Toronto Raptors, because as mentioned, you have a big, big week ahead, right? Where you have a lot of games, got another in-season tournament game on Tuesday, but then they got a back-to-back, -back, which on Wednesday, they're in Indiana and you got to start, you know, you played some of the, the teams that are at the top of the East now you got a bit of a run here where you're playing teams that you're going to be battling with for position in the East. So that's going to be super important. And you want to make sure that you get some of these wins because if you're going to be battling with teams throughout the whole season, 
when it comes to the end of the year, those head-to-head matchups are going to matter so much more. So it's going to be big for the Raptors to get some of these wins this week. And, you know, you're playing Orlando and Indiana and Chicago. Those could be teams that you're, you're, you're fighting for positioning with, for sure. But again, Raptors, franchise record in assists, 142 points. Third most they've ever scored. Two, just two off of their franchise record. It was just a, a massive game. You have eight players hitting a three. You got your bench in and your bench putting up 60 points. Like it's just an insane performance all around by the Toronto Raptors. And you got to take these wins, take these dubs when they come because you just don't know how it's going to play out. And so take the wins when you can. And remember, remember, you got to enjoy the ride because it's going to be tough losses. So you got to enjoy the really good wins as well. I see the comments filling up and I just want to thank the people for writing in and being a part of the pod because this is your podcast after each and every Toronto Raptors game, send in your comments and questions. I'll read them on the pod as well. And just a reminder, if you want to do that, the places where you can send in your comments are the places where you can watch the podcast live. Again, that is on YouTube at the Canada Hoops Daily YouTube page. That is the only place that you'll be able to watch this pod going forward is the Canada Hoops Daily YouTube page. And also on Twitter, or the app formerly known as Twitter, at Can Hoops Daily. That's how you interact with the show live. Join the conversation. Let me know what you think. What's your feeling after watching a Raptors game like that? A blowout dub. Um, really appreciate the people watching there. And of course, if you ever miss a podcast live, I know, hey, it's a weekend. It's Sunday. It's busy. NFL's on. You know, I don't know how my Niners are doing right now. But if you ever miss a podcast live, you can find it. Just like and subscribe and follow and rate us and review us. All that fun stuff at Canada Hoops Daily. That's where you find us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Huge shouts to the people supporting the pod. And I guess while I'm doing the particulars here, I'll mention it once again, that coming up soon, in a couple weeks actually, a couple weeks we will be doing a live watch party for the Phoenix Suns at the Toronto Raptors. We will be watching that game together, bringing out the whole crew to watch the game live at the Annex Social in Toronto, 1078 Bathurst Street. Live watch party. Come out, hang out with us, have some food, have some drinks, enjoy the good vibes. Well, you know, obviously the sound will be on in a bar, which we know can be a problem sometimes, especially in the downtown Toronto parts. But we'll have the sound on, we'll have a DJ playing music in and out of the commercial breaks. Um, we'll have some, you know, we'll have some giveaways. We'll have some fun games. And of course I'll be doing the pod live after following this game, but just a good time, you know, especially in this, in this time, these times we're looking for different things to do and interesting things to do on a weeknight. It's a Wednesday night. Why not come out, hang, enjoy as, as it says here, look at this great tagline here, great hoops, great music, and best of all, great vibes because the Raptors community, it's just what we do. You know, it's just what we do having good time. So make sure you mark that in your calendar. And again, if you want to be a part of this, reserve your spot. You got to go to Canada hoops daily, follow the account, hit the like button and send us a DM with your request for, you know, how many people you might want to be rolling with here and we will see you there. It'll be a good time for sure. So come out and have some fun. 
But before we get to that, uh, let's go through some of the comments here because there are a bunch of comments and I really appreciate all the people in the chat because y'all are always here riding with me and I appreciate that. Uh, let's see here. What do we got here? Uh, oh, okay. Simple comment that just says, get the likes up. Hey, <laughs> I agree with that comment. Why not? Right. Likes and shares. And we appreciate that, especially on, on Twitter too, right? If you see that hit the like button, hit the retweet button, let the people know, you know, we're only a couple games into the season. People might not even really know that the wrap it up pod is back yet, but we're here. Let them know. Let them know. We appreciate that. Uh, let's get to some more comments though here. Uh, let's see here. Scotty did his best, did his best to show he's better than Cade Cunningham and he succeeded. It's so funny. The Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham, like obviously they're in the same draft class. They're buddies. They play together on team USA. They have a relationship and they always will. And you know, they're always going to be linked because of the draft class. Cade Cunningham, I'll say this, that dude is real. We know Scotty Barnes is great. Scotty Barnes was a rookie of the year. We're familiar with Scotty Barnes' game because we watch him night in, night out. Cade Cunningham, I mean, I don't blame anyone for not watching the Pistons on a regular basis, but Cade's nice. Like, he's really nice. He's coming off injury. After, obviously, he missed a bunch of last year, the majority of last season with an injury. So he's back now. and. A real tough break for Cade Cunningham was the fact that they fell in the lottery, right? Because if you were able to put Cade and Scoot in a backcourt or, you know, Wemby and, and Cade together, like that would have been a problem if that happened. And, you know, they fell in the draft, which is always a reminder why I always say when people are like, oh, the lottery, the lottery, it's like, it's a lottery for a reason. Like it's not guaranteed. Like you can move up, you can move down. And if you're not in the business of making the playoffs, get as many ping pong balls as you can, because you can move up and change your fortunes. I mean, just ask the Raptors and how they got Scotty Barnes. They weren't in that original position. The ping pong balls went in their way. Story for another day. Say all that to say, Cade Cunningham is legit. Uh, Tammy says, makes me wonder what Kate and Scotty were discussing. Help. I need, I need help. Maybe I do agree with Jack team. Should only be allowed three years in the lottery. Can't keep discussing potential. Uh, yeah. I mean, the lottery is a weird thing. I really liked, was it, it was Jack, right? The other night talking about the in-season tournament and how the in-season tournament, the winner should get a lottery pick. I love that idea. I think that is a great idea. And they were talking about having it weighted, which I definitely disagree with it being like, they're saying maybe keep it out. So you can't get top five. I say, no, 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 no. If you're going to protect it, which I get like, okay, cool. You wouldn't want the Denver nuggets winning the in-season tournament. And then they get Wemby. I understand that. But I would say if you, if you, if that's the major issue that we're afraid of, you know, then make it top three, right? I don't really want to bring this up for Raptors fans because, you know, it's still a sore spot. And actually, there, there's probably a bunch of people who don't even remember this. But back in the day when the Raptors and Grizzlies were awarded their teams, I don't remember the exact years, but I want to say it was like the first three or four years they weren't allowed to win the lottery. 
you were only like you if you got into the lottery, but you couldn't fall below. I think it was three, but you weren't allowed to win. And the Raptors actually won the lottery, which would have given them Allen Iverson, <laughs> but they weren't allowed to get the number one overall pick. Boy, how different things might have been if, right? That's a lot. But anyways, the point of potential, I mean, this is what the Raptors are fighting too. If you really look at it, it's a fact of there's a reason why Masai and Bobby haven't been in a position or sorry, they haven't been in a rush, pardon me, to get rid of OG or get rid of Pascal and just take back a bunch of picks. And when you look at a team like the Pistons, you can understand why. Like, it's tough, right? People can argue all they want and say about being in the middle and how much it sucks. And I understand that, right? You don't really have championship aspirations, but you're not really bad enough to get in the Wemby sweepstakes. I understand that notion, but it's still a completely different thing to be within that, meaning like you're working towards that and you're striving towards that and just being like, you know what? We're just going to lose. That's a tough thing for someone that you have to deal with that on a day in day out basis and make that decision. And then as mentioned, when you look at the Pistons, I mean, they're trying, right? They have a bunch of lottery picks and they've even picked up the scraps of other teams' lottery picks. Like Knox is a high lottery draft pick for the from the Knicks, right? They have James Wiseman, who was the number two overall pick from Golden State. They have a and then you have their own in terms of Cade and Jalen Ivy and Jaden Ivy, right? Like they have a bunch of lottery picks, still can't figure anything out. So it's it's a tough, it's a tough land to be in. And you know. You're discussing potential, and I feel like you're going to be discussing potential in Detroit for a long, long time because Detroit also isn't like a free agent destination, which is also tough. So you got to hope that maybe you build around Cade, you hand over the keys to Cade, and and what you got to be hoping is maybe Cade can recruit someone to come play in Detroit. I, I don't even know. It's it's such a tough being, but you, you look over to the team the Raptors are going to play in terms of the Orlando Magic. And they seem to start to have some things bubbling there, right? With their top picks in terms of Bancaro and Franz, right? Like, it's tough. And it's going to come down to scouting. It's going to come down to drafting. And that will always be the most important thing. And until Detroit can figure that out and, like, get another hit beside Cade, it's just not going to work. And the whole Jaden Ivey thing, I don't know what's going on with Ivey and how come he's not starting. This was his first start of the season. And that's only because your man's Killian Hayes is still starting. And I never understood the Killian Hayes pick at the time. I haven't seen anything from Killian Hayes that tells me why he should still be starting now. And I especially don't know why he's starting over Jaden Ivey. But whatever. It's the Pistons. They're in trouble. Uh, here's a question here. Uh, Aisha says, so Sheldon, are we trading Pascal or keeping him? I feel like that will be the question for the entire season. And that's, I mean, that's why Messiah and Bobby make, make the big bucks, right? It's a tough position to be in. And they, they back themselves in this position where you got to ride it out until the trade deadline, at least. So you got to just let the season play out. And then reassess when you get to the trade deadline. If you get to the trade deadline and you're not in 
playoff position or you're in the play-in position and you might not want to play that game again because you did that last year. The other problem is they don't, and it all depends on what's on the table as well. And, and your willingness and what the price is to sign Pascal. Like this is so, there's so much up in the air, right? Is Pascal putting up another big time number this year where he's making all NBA and then he's going to be worth, like he's going to want to sign a max deal. Are the Raptors going to change their tune and want to sign him to a max deal? What are you going to do with OG? Like, it's not just Pascal, right? Like all of these things are linked together. All of these things are also linked to what Scotty Barnes does this season. So I don't know. Lots of stress and lots of questions for the whole year for sure. Uh, Glow Girl Smile says that was a nice relaxing game to watch. Yes, that was a great way to spend a Sunday evening, not having to stress out and uh, deal with what the Raptors have been struggling with uh, for the, the last few games anyways. Um, also asking, what do you think of Monty's big payout? Yeah, Monty Williams signed a massive deal to go to the Pistons. And I mean, I understand what the Pistons are doing. Poor Dwayne Casey. I think I still think Dwayne Casey, and I, I can't say I've watched the Pistons enough over the last few seasons to know how it was going. But just knowing what Dwayne Casey did for the Raptors, I feel like he was a good coach to have for a young team, a young and developing team. And maybe you just run into a, a time where you know your ownership wants to see some results. They want to see some wins, but the players being brought in, it doesn't really translate on the court. But in terms of a teacher, you need a guy like Dwayne Casey. I think Monty is you know a really good coach as well in terms of developing young players, and that's clearly what they need. Now, should he be the highest paid coach in the league? I mean, a wise man once told me you're worth what you can get. <laughs> I like that. And I like that. And I've stuck to that. And it's helped resolve a lot of different problems in my mind <laughs> over the years as well. I would say who that wise man is, but, you know, political connects. <laughs> I'll just say that. But shouts to him. He knows who he is. If by total fluke chance he happened to be listening to this right now, which I don't think he is, but bottom line is, yeah, you're worth what you can get. Um, Such an interesting time for the Toronto Raptors as they were able to get busy today against the Detroit Pistons. A massive, massive win. 142 to 113 over the Detroit Pistons. And a good vibes game for the Toronto Raptors. OG Ananobi back in the lineup. Pascal getting busy. Scotty Barnes running the floor with energy. He's all over the place doing his thing. Precious, you're seeing a good solid game from Precious Achua as well, which we haven't really seen many good games from Precious this year. But a good one for the Raps. You had three guys off the bench in double digits, which is good. Gary Trent with 18 points. He has been off to a slow start this season, so good to get him going, especially off the bench. Mentioned Boucher doing what he does off the bench because that's just him. But also, keep like going forward, just seeing what's going on with this bench unit. Malachi Flynn continues to give you a solid 20 minutes a night, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a night, and he's playing solid basketball. He's playing solid backup guard basketball, which is what you need from him at this point in his career, and you're seeing that continue. And if you're going to be honest with most Raptors fans, they probably would have told you that they 
weren't backers of Malachi Flynn heading into this season. Whatever Darko's done behind the scenes with Malachi, it seems to be working. And this positive reinforcement, it's positive encouragement consistently, and it's opportunity, consistent opportunity. And you got to give Malachi Flynn credit. He's done a really good job so far this season in earning his bench minutes. So positive signs all around for the Raptors. Seven players in double digits. Pascal Siakam leading the way. The Pistons don't even deserve me going into their box score and telling you what any of those dudes did. Because again, they got blown out. 142 to 113. Come on, man. All I'm saying is thank you guys for tuning into this. The Canada Hoops Daily Presents Wrap It Up podcast. You know where you can find the pod after each and every pod live and interactive on your Twitter feeds at Can Hoops Daily or the Canada Hoops Daily YouTube page, which is appropriately named. Canada Hoops Daily. Make sure you like and subscribe and tell your friends all that fun stuff. And if you ever miss a podcast live, know, like, and subscribe, rate us, review us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. We're under the Canada Hoops Daily brand there as well. So huge appreciation there, huge shouts, and make sure that you mark it on your calendar, kids, because we are having a live watch party. We're doing a party at The Annex Social, November 29th, 7 p.m., tip-off at 7.30. But get there early because we got a lot of things planned early. So make sure you get there at 7 p.m., tip-off at 7.30. A fun night of music and ball and vibes, giveaway, lots of fun. So make sure you tune in there. Just go to the Canada Hoops Daily page, like, follow that account for more information there, and send the DM there if you'd like to reserve your spot. Again, Thank you guys for tuning in to this, the Wrap It Up podcast. As I always say, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is Canada Hoops Daily Presents, the Wrap It Up podcast, as always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya.